0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations, and our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about Our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. There is a a number of, of wonderful, wonderful things that have happened over the last few weeks, and Pastor Chris's message the last two weeks. I've listened to them both. Haven't they been amazing? He talked to us two weeks ago about having the peace of God. And he taught us about how peace was a spiritual commodity. That The only way that you could get it was to have peace in your spirit. The only other way to get it is called Prozac. Listen, there are a lot of people that have not learned what I'm going to teach you today, and because they've not learned the spiritual principle of it, they simply try to use the medication principle of it. So he's taught us about how the peace of God is a spiritual condition. Then he, last week he taught us about being sealed with the Spirit. Say that when they sealed. What does that mean? The moment that you are born again, and let me, let me just kind of explain this. Man is three part body, soul, or spirit, soul, and body. As a matter of fact, I would like to probably say it like this. We can put that up on the screen. I, you, you would like to say it like this. Okay, I have, all right, I'm, I'm sorry, I am a spirit. Say it with me, I am a spirit. That's the part of me that's created in the image of God. People often ask, like, what is God like? You know, there was an argument, you know, was God black? Was God white? Was God Mexican? Was he Asian? Well, first of all, We know that if he was anything, he'd be Mexican. You say, now, Pastor, how do we know that? We're only the people that name our children Jesus. Okay, but but God is not flesh. God is a? He's a spirit. And we were created in his image. So the part of us that is in the image of God is our? It's our spirit. That's the part of us that, this is the part that's going to live forever. But when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, They died spiritually so that all has been left of man is for him to be controlled by these two areas of his life. And this part is our and our and your soul is your mind, will and emotions. The Bible calls that the carnal man, carnal or flesh. How many of you like Mexican food? Everything I eat is Mexican food. If it isn't when I start, it is when I finish. I'll let you figure that out later on. Okay. But one, one of the dishes is called chili con carne. Okay. That means, that means cheese, chili with, with, with meat in it. It's meat. Flesh is carne. Carnal. It's the carnal man. This is the carnal man. And when men was born in the garden, Adam and Eve, and they sinned, they died spiritually, so that that point on, all that was left of them to rule them was the carnal man, or the flesh. Let me explain to you why this is so important. Because the voice of your body is called feelings. Feelings. And the voice of your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. That's what your soul is, your mind, will, and emotions. And the voice of that is called reason. And when you put reason together with my feelings, that's the flesh. We often say, how are you feeling today? So until I am born again, until I'm born again, I'm spiritually dead. Now I'm going to ask you a question. This is a pretty important question. Can you be born an alcoholic? Can you be born confused sexually? Can you be born an addict? Okay. How many would like to know the answer to those questions? Okay. First I'm going to tell you the answer that you don't want to hear, and then I'm going to tell you why it's true. Yes, we are all born sinners Every person born since Adam and Eve has been born spiritually dead. Mother Teresa was born spiritually dead. Billy Graham was born spiritually dead. Because when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They, what? What happened to them? They what? They died so that their spirit died. And all that they had left to rule them was their flesh or their carnal man, which actually is their feelings and their reason. Is everybody with me? The battle of my life is how do I deal with this? You and I both know what the answer is. Now, every one of us have a flesh pattern, say flesh pattern, that we inherited from our family. Now, how many of you have someone in your family that drank a lot? Like, how many of you have somebody in your family that drank more than a lot? Okay, they were actually defined by their addiction. They were called... Alcoholics. alcoholic. okay. Were they born alcoholics? Okay, how many of you have people in your life, they're rageaholics? How many of have people, just a bigger sin, just different one, workaholics? Okay, that'll make you rich, but it'll still cost you everything you have, your family, your kids, all those other things, correct? Okay, so when I was born, I was born spiritually dead and all that was left to control my life was the flesh. So the first thing that Jesus commands us to do is to be born again. again. So can you be born with a propensity to alcohol? Can you be born with a propensity to different perversions? Can you be born with a propensity for depression and anxiety? Yes. Yes, but the first command of scripture is to be Born again, because then I go from the nature that I got from my daddy, which was four generations of immoral men going back to Mexico, to the nature of my father when I become born of the Word of God, when my spirit comes alive. And when that happens and my spirit comes alive, now comes the battle. What what, 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 what battle, Pastor? Pastor? The battle of whether today I am going to allow my flesh to control me, my carnal man to control me, or if I'm going to allow my spirit to control me. That's the battle every day. Have you ever wondered why do you come to church? How how many of you grew up coming to church? You just went to church because on Sunday you go to church. Like, Like some people grew up you got church clothes. How many of you remember church clothes? I mean, in South Louisiana, that's flip-flops, cutoffs, and a camo shirt. Okay, but, but I mean, you just had like, people would say that. Remember that? They would say that. What is that? Oh, that's my church clothes. And then you had your club clothes. We'll talk about that in a little bit. A <laughs> whole lot less of them than there was the church clothes. But, but that's another day. So when you and I become born-again children of God... At that point, for you and me, we can either yield to the flesh and become like the flesh pattern that we were raised in. And I want you to think about it. Every one of us remember your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, your brothers, your sisters, all the things that they did when they were in the flesh. Most likely, those are the things that you do when you are in the flesh. So, do you know why we come to church? It isn't because, like, you, you know, you, I, I got my church clothes on. I got to wear them. It isn't because you just feel better. Can, can I tell you why we gather? And this is important because a lot of people are still staying home, even though the pandemic is primarily over to a large degree, and they're still home. They got vaccinated, and they're still home. Can I tell you why we gather together? Number one, we gather together because the Bible says where two or more gathered together, he is in the midst of us. Is God with us when there's one person? Yeah. But what happens when there's two or more? There's a greater corporate release of the presence of God. How many of you, when they were leading worship, you just got the frissons? Okay, do you know what that is? That's your spirit being energized. That's like, that's like going and, and uh, you know, you go see people's houses. We don't have many in South Louisiana. Where they have all these sun ray catchers, you know, for energy. That's what you're doing. You got your sun ray catchers out. You're like, What you doing? I'm getting filled up for the week. My spirit is getting filled. How many of you feel that way? Okay. You we call it the chills, we call it the frissons, we call it the inspiration, we call it the yum yums. I don't know who calls it that, but I'm sure somebody does. But whatever it is. Okay, we call that those things because we feel like we are being spiritually energized. You are. Listen to me. You don't get at home alone what you get here when people are gathered together. You don't. I didn't say it. Jesus said that. Two or more. It's the more. Okay? Here's the second reason why we come together. It's for Fellowship. How many of you ever look at TV and people and go, "The world is going crazy. The whole world has lost their mind." Anybody? Yeah. Okay, don't point at people. Just anybody. Yeah. Have felt that? Way. Do you know what happens when you gather together? You're encouraged because you start seeing people that feel the way you do about God, about His Word, about the truth, about church, about the way things the world are to be like. That's the second thing that happens. But here's the third thing that happens. And this is our goal. Remember. Is that you come and you are fed the word of God. You fed the word of God. Okay. Is Pastor Jacob funny? Yeah. Yes. Someone said to walked in. I don't know who it was. They said, I was greeting people at the door. He goes, you know what people say about this church? And I kind of took a deep breath. Pastor Chris and went, no. They said, when they see you up there, they say 6-1 and a bunch of fun. And I said, I'm not 6-1. It's 6-3 and a whole lot of me. Now watch this. But our goal, Pastor Chris, Pastor David, our goal is to take this word and to give you something to equip you so that you are this week more controlled by your spirit than you are by your flesh. But that's what our goal is. So I'm going to tell you how I prepare my messages. Are you ready? This is how I teach our pastors to prepare my messages. Here it is. The first thing is, we're going to share with you information from the Word of God. Information. Like, let me give you an example. Forgiveness. Let's say we're going to talk about forgiveness. Okay. And with that information, we then want to give you some revelation. Revelation is looking at an old truth through a new window so that you see something you didn't see before. And then we want you to take that truth, and goes from information, then the revelation that we're going to send you, and then we want to show you how to apply it to your life. That's application. And then if you do that, then you apply it to your life, and guess what happens then? Transformation. You become more like Christ, more controlled by your spirit, and less controlled by your flesh. Everybody got it? So that's what we do. Let me give you a little example of that. Okay, I'll give you one. Let's just say the subject of forgiveness. How many of you know as Christians we should forgive people? How many of you know that if I stand up and say, Jesus wants you to forgive everybody, you go, Pastor, I know that. Okay, so what I would do if I was speaking about forgiveness, that's the information, is I would give you the revelation. Okay, here's the revelation on forgiveness. How many times did Jesus tell Peter that you had to forgive people? Seven times? Come on, do we have some graduate of Dusan Middle School? Okay. What is seven times 70? Okay. <laughs> okay, do we have anybody from ESA? <laughs> Westminster. Okay. Okay. What is the actual number? Four. Do you think Jesus was actually saying you have to forgive someone only 490 times? Hey, Sy, you would be in trouble if that was the case. (laughs) David, Pastor David, you'd be in trouble. Pastor Chris, I'd be in trouble. Because women got a memory now. They could remember 490 times. (laughs) You know, I thought it was funny, the first year of our... Marriage, Michelle rearranged the closet and opened up a door, and there was a chart, and I was on 454. What was Jesus actually saying? Here's the revelation if you're counting, you're not forgiving. That's what he was saying. I've forgiven you three times for that. Well, you didn't forgive me twice. (laughs) I've forgiven you 10 times! No, you didn't forgive me nine. <laughs> because we don't want God to count with us, so we shouldn't count with others. So, you get that? So, then I would say to you how many of you have people that you know that have hurt you that you haven't forgiven? And you might not know this, but every one of you have a number on your head, it's kind of a mark of the beast. They have wronged me three times. Three is right written right on your head. And so you would take and you would say, Lord, I don't want you to remember all that. So I ask you right now, I forgive them. I want to erase that number. So then you went from information, which was forgiveness. OK, revelation is, if you're counting, you're not forgiving. Okay, Application is, I need to forgive these people. Lord, take this out of my heart. And then he removes it in its transformation. And now, instead of you being bitter and angry and your flesh winning, you're now walking in love and you're more like Jesus. So when you are born again, when you're born again, the thing that happens is your spirit is now alive, and here comes the battle. Here comes the battle. And depending on how much you feed your spirit, it will win. But if you starve this, and part of what's been starved in the last year and a half is the fellowship of worship together. Do you know that last March we had 8,000 people in church and 3,500 of them have not come back, period, in a year and a half? Who do you think was behind that? Who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy? The enemy. The enemy. So if you're home and you're watching online and you think Pastor Jacob is speaking to you, I am! Just so that we're clear. So today, how can I do that? Pastor Chris taught us about the peace of the Holy Spirit. Then he taught us about being sealed. At the moment you're born again, you're saved and you can never lose your salvation. Many of you need to know that. Once you're born again, you don't wake up one morning because you went to La Fonda's. Pete's. Cowboys. I'll keep going till you respond. Okay. That, that once you do those things, then all of a sudden you lost your salvation. I grew up. Religiously believing that if you did something that was sinful, you were no longer a Christian. That's not biblical. That's not biblical. How many of you have children? How many of you have really good, wise children? How many of you got those other children? Okay, are they still your children? Okay, of course. God has children that walk in the Spirit, and God has children that walk in the flesh, but they're still God's kids once you're born again. Let me explain this. How many of you would, how would you feel if you're going to bed and you're putting your child to bed at night and they look at you, your are late, year old, and goes, Mommy, Daddy, I've been bad today, so I know I'm not your child anymore but I'll try to be your child tomorrow and do better. How would you feel as a parent? You'd feel horrible. You'd feel horrible. When I am born again, I am a born-again, blood-washed, sealed child of God. I can walk in wisdom and obedience, I can walk in flesh or I can walk in the spirit, but I am a child of God till I see Jesus face to face and become just like him. So today I want to talk to you, Pastor Chris talked to you about being sealed and filled with the Spirit last week, and today I want to talk to you about walking in the Spirit. How do I practically walk in the Spirit every day? Paul tells us in Galatians 5, verse 25, the Amplified Version says this, if we claim to live by the, we must also walk by with personal integrity and godly character and moral courage our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit he goes right previous to that says in Galatians 5.16 let me emphasize this as you yield to the dynamic life of the power of the you will abandon the cravings of the the flesh life, the self when your self life craves things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And those Holy Spirit intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then these two are incompatible and in conflicting forces within you and your self-life or your flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. What is he saying? This battle's going on. Am I going to be like my daddy and my mama? Am I going to be like everybody in my family? Or am I going to surrender to the Holy Spirit and I'm going to take on the new nature that Christ has given by living inside of me? Now, quite often, it's hard to tell with us. When, when, you're, the, when you're the person, when you think you said it was right. Now you look back and you go, man, I should have never said that. I was in the flesh when I said that. So let's look at somebody who got in the flesh and in the spirit almost one right after the other to see an example. His name is Peter. He was the first leader of the church. And in Mark chapter 8, Jesus is walking with his disciples, and he asks them a question. Then Jesus and his disciples went to the village of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, some said that you're John the Baptist, who was killed, that you come back from the dead. Others say you're Elijah, a prophet from gone, years gone by. But one of them said, maybe another one of the prophets And then he asked them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter replied to him and said, You are the Messiah, the anointed one. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Then Jesus strictly warned him not to tell anyone. So now he said, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are? You're the Christ. You're God's Son. Jesus said, that's right. You got the right answer. Congratulations. The Spirit won, Peter. Then he continues the conversation. Then he began to teach them, meaning also Peter, that the Son of Man must by necessity suffer many things, be rejected as the Messiah. And the elders and the chief priests and the scribes are going to put him to death, and after three days he's going to come back to life. And he was stating that, as a matter of fact, plainly, not holding anything back. Then... Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him and he turned around with his back to Peter and seeing the disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, said how loud? How many of you think if you walk up to me, Pastor Chris or Pastor David and asked us a question and our answer was, get behind me, Satan, you might go back to your previous church, Lafondus. He says, Get behind me, Peter, because your mind is not set on God's will and the values that he put purposes, but what pleases man, the flesh. And Jesus called the crowd together and said, If anyone wishes to follow me and be my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside all of his selfish interests, the flesh life, take up his cross and express his willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming in my example and living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith for me. What is he saying? Peter, you did so good. The Spirit spoke out of you, and then you got in the flesh. And then he looks at the crowd and goes, hey, if you want to follow me, you got to die to this right here. you got to die to this right here. This has got to die so that your spirit can live in me. And Peter's first declaration, was he in the flesh or the spirit? Then he went right into the flesh. Here's examples of when I go through difficult things, what happens to me. Watch this. When I go through difficulties, my body can have, and watch this. What's the biggest thing that doctors tell you internally causes you to be sick? Say it loud. I'm stressed out. Me. These kids are stressing me out. The media is stressing me out. I'm just stressed. I mean, everything is stressed. Okay. I can live by the circumstances around me and have stress or walking in the spirit instead of stress. I can have. I can have peace. I can have peace. And then when it comes to my thinking, my mind, my soul, my mind, will and emotions, when I'm under stress, I can have How many people are on medication for anxiety? Do you know what Philippians says? Be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. You've got to do something with this anxiety when you're in the flesh. And if you can't get in the spirit, then you're going to have to deal with it in another way. And then what happens to me when I am in my walking in the spirit while other people are walking in all kinds of anxiety? I got rest. Don't you realize what's going on? Did you see who won the election? Don't you know what happened? Don't you know what's happened to the economy? The pandemic's coming, back. what are you doing? God is in control, he was in control. Before I got here, he was in control. When Trump was in charge, he was in control. When Jimmy Carter was in charge, he was in control. And he didn't die at the last election. You might have, but I'm resting in the one that never changes. Okay. Then you go, yeah, but 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 you don't you don't you don't understand. I mean you, you, you just you just don't know. I mean, I mean you, 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 come on. Is that the way you want to live your life? Look at me. You get to choose. God isn't looking to the crowd going, okay. Um, you have a gun, so you get the spirit. Okay. Um, let's skip a few rows. Okay. Oh, okay, Danielle, we'll give you the flesh. You know how you get in the flesh. Okay. (laughs) H.J., you look mean. We're going to put you in the spirit. We don't want you hurting anybody. Okay. I mean, that isn't what it is. You choose whether you will walk in the spirit or whether you will walk in the flesh. I'm amazed at the Christians I know that go through difficulties in life and go, I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to figure it out. I just don't know. So let me ask you a question. You can see these flesh patterns clearly in Peter. How would you like to know how to walk consistently in the spirit and be unwavering when all chaos is breaking loose. How would you like to know how you can walk through the hurricane, Katrina's, of life and not be blown away? Three people wanna know? Okay, thank you. Today, I wanna give you three practical steps to doing that But let's start with something that Jesus said. Jesus said there were two people that built houses. One built their house on the sand, same house. The other one built their house on the rock, same house. Only difference, what they built on the foundation. And a storm came, same storm, There wasn't like a Christian storm. The winds were five miles an hour, and it kind of drizzled a little bit. Then there was the non-Christian storm. Katrina! No, it was the same storm. Watch this. What does that mean? That when the economy goes down, you're going to be affected too. And when another pandemic or something like that happens, you're going to be affected too. But you can go through the same thing and not be affected the same way as other people. There isn't Christian storms and non-Christian storms. Christians get fired. Christians lose jobs. Christians have children that go through challenges. Christians experience the economy. So how can I do that? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24, at the end of that story. And everyone who hears these teachings of mine, my word, and what? Say it loud. Look at me. It's not the Bible you hear that changes you. It's the word you apply that transforms you into his image. Hey, listen, I wish it was just the word you heard. My children would have been chained to one of these pews all of their life. I just feed them like, where are you going? My daddy said, I can't, I'm not leaving till I change. Some of you husbands don't laugh. You'd have been chained here a long time ago. But you know what? It's not the word you hear. It's the word you hear and apply that brings transformation. So, how do I walk in the Spirit through life's storms? Number one, by letting the Word rule me. I must build my unseen life upon the rock of the Word of God. I must build my unseen life on the rock of the Word of God because things are going to happen. I, I love everybody here. I want everybody to be politically involved, work hard, do what's right, live holy, be pro life, pro family. I, I, I want all that. But look at me. I saw people. Trump loses! Ah! Ah! don't understand! Ah! They were walking around, (laughs) I mean, just just like freaking out like somehow God went, Peter, y'all let that happen? I'm ticked off now. do, Do you hear me? Do you realize how much that is being controlled by your flesh and living just like the people in this world live? And the Bible tells us over and over do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. So I build by letting the word rule inside of me. What do I do with this word? Look at me. I read it. Say it with me. Read it. Read it. Come on, say it loud. Read it. read it. Now I'm going to say something. Can I just. I haven't preached here in three weeks, so. Can I just vent for 30 seconds? Will you all allow me to vent for just 30 seconds? Okay, well, the rest of you are going to have to endure it because they're asking for it. I am sick to death of people telling, oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I just don't read. Oh, really? Oh, no, I don't read. How would you get through school? Oh, I don't read. How do you not keep from taking medications that kill you? Oh, I just don't read. How do you know what street you live on? I can't read. And so I ask him, do you watch Instagram? Yes. Facebook? Yes. MySpace? Does that even exist anymore? Okay. TikTok? Yes. News? Yes. Fox? Yes. You know? Yes. Okay. So what you mean is you read, you just don't read anything that will feed your spirit. You just read everything the world is reading, and you wonder why you're acting like the world. As a born-again child of God. I don't know if y'all know this, but I am a romantic. That's why my wife calls me Pastor Casanova. Donald will tell you everything they say about dark-skinned men is true. Once you go brown, you don't want white around. Okay. For those in jail, I'm sorry. It just I don't even know. I don't even know where that came from. I think that was in one of these trash cans. I, I didn't mean to pull it out. It was just there. What was the last thing I said? What? Get back, in the spirit. Get back to get back in the spirit. Shut up. <laughs> Michelle and I, y'all know that she grew up in my youth group. I met her when I was speaking at the Hyman Performing Arts Center. She was twelve almost 13, and I was 19. It's the first time she ever heard me speak. Of course, don't think terrible things about me, all right? I didn't like her, so she went off to a year of Bible college and then came back. So let me just erase all that stuff out of your mind. Get out the flesh. So when we got engaged, I actually told her parents I wanted to marry her before I ever told her I wanted to date her. And so she went off to a year of Bible college, and we made a commitment that we wouldn't speak for three months, but we would just write each other and send cassette tapes. Back then you could send a cassette tape back and forth for $10. So I have all of those letters and all those tapes. So when I'm in trouble with her, I'll take that brown envelope with all those letters and I'll unzip it. Do you know those letters, when I would get those letters, I was just waiting for those letters. Sometimes she put a little perfume on them. <laughs> hey, you can't do that on email. Come on. Or a text message. And I would smell. I mean, I have all of those letters. I have them. I have all those letters. Do you know why? Because every word in there spoke to me, and it was so directed and priceless for me and meant so much to me. You know what words on paper are? They're thoughts written down. This is God's thoughts about you. Okay. Some of this is descriptive, how God dealt with man, but a lot of it is prescriptive, which is the way God wants to deal with you and what he thinks about you. That's why Job said, I treasure your word more than my necessary food. That's why David said, your word, if I hidden in my heart, it's the thing that keeps me from sinning against you and other people. You, you, want, you want to bulletproof your spirit? Get that word in your heart. Hide it deep in your heart. Read it. Feed on it. Meditate it. Memorize it. How you handle this word determines when the storms of life come and it's knocking everything else away. Any little kick just knocks you over. It's unwavering. It doesn't move. It stays standing. You can't knock it over because there's something inside of it that is eternal and unwavering. Watch this. Ah, this is my favorite part. i at got the songs. just thinking about it. Jesus after he was baptized Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and when the devil came to tempt him when the devil came to tempt him okay first of all who made the devil when he was an angel before he fell who made him God and God is God the father God the son and God the So who was part of making that angel before he fell? Jesus. So the devil comes to Jesus and he says, if you're the son of God, Jesus was the one that created him when he was an angel before he fell. Do you know what Jesus could have done? You idiot, have you heard about my bracelets? Have you seen my driver's license? you know what Jesus could have done? He could have said, for that, boom, Mars. <laughs> he would have landed in Mars. But instead of doing any of those things which Jesus could have done, he was God. He looked at him and he used this book and he said, it is. So two principles you got to get here. Number one, if the devil will try to get Jesus to question his identity and he made him, what do you think he's going to do with you trying to question whether you're a Christian and you're a child of God and your identity in Christ? Because if he wins that battle, you might be going to heaven, but life here on earth will be hell. Life here on earth will be, I don't know if I'm a Christian, I'm, I don't know, I just, I'm struggling. I if he wins that battle, you lose. Okay, but here's the next part. He kept saying to him, It is written. Why did Jesus say that? Because what Jesus modeled, Jesus meant for you and me. What he modeled, he meant. But look at me. Try showing him an Instagram picture next time he tempts you. Have you seen me at church on Instagram? Have you seen my latest TikTok? It wasn't a picture. It wasn't an ID. It wasn't even Jesus saying, I'm Jesus, back up. I rebuke you in the name of myself. It was the word of almighty living God that rebuked him and that not only told him who Jesus was, but told him who he was. And I want to say this to you because this is so powerful, y'all. Listen to me. You know what's wrong with so many of our conversations with the devil? they are only one way. Him talking to you. You're not a Christian. You're not really a, you're not really a Christian. You're, 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 a Christian wouldn't do the stuff that you're doing. You, 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 you shouldn't be living like You know you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. You know that. I mean, look at what's happening all around you. You think that God is in control of everything. Do you realize it's all one way. Jesus talked back to the devil. And do you know how he defeated him? With the Word of God. Look at me. I love every devotional. I read Jesus Calling. I read all kinds of different devotionals. You can't wave your devotional at the devil. You got to wave this unchanging, powerful, eternal Word of God. You see, Pastor, why does that work? Everything that was created was created by the Word, even the devil. So when you speak the Word to the devil, it puts him in his proper place. I just got the free songs. Now, I'm going to close with this, and I'm not even going to give you my other two points that I have. But I want to share this with you. Look at me. I always regretted the day I'd have to say what I'm saying right now. I am an old man. I'm 62. I know I look like I'm 42. But I've walked through a few things in my life, and those of you that are older have. Come on, anybody over 50, raise your hand. Have you walked through a few things in life? Okay. That means phone calls you didn't anticipate. That means diseases that attack loved ones. That means financial crisis. That means political issues. That means prejudice issues. That means people you had to forgive that you didn't do anything wrong. That means just life, kids, addictions. I've walked through some life. Can I tell you this? Look at me. Every time I stand on that word, every time I stand on that word, I build on something that the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never, ever, ever pass away. Everything else passes. They grow up, things change. people change, things go. But the word of God is unchanging. and when you build your life on it. Now look right here, I want to talk to every daddy a minute. Talk to every daddy right here. Could we have the keyboard wherever you are? I need a little key back in the back. I preach better with it in the back right now. <laughs> to every daddy that's here. You remember when you were a kid? and you just wanted to do what you wanted to do and you didn't care what other people said? Yeah. How many remember your first car? Okay, how many of you remember the speakers? How many remember the, I'm not gonna take it, I'm not gonna take it anymore? <laughs> remember that? School's out for summer. <laughs> you remember that? How many remember all that? Okay, how many of you remember this? Rap. How many remember that? I mean, he had a little beat, Come on, how many? Uh, how many had a little? How you like me now? Gold teeth in his mouth, trying to take that to get over there, I mean, had a little of that in Okay, okay. Look at me. Then you got your wife. Music changed, then didn't it? It went from Twisted Sister to Kenny G. That was a big jump. Because now other people have placed their confidence in you. And then you have children, and they put their confidence in you. And then you have grandchildren, and they put their confidence in you. And you get an overwhelming revelation. That the longer you live, more people and their well-being is attached to you. And whether you choose to walk in the flesh or whether you walk in the Spirit, no longer just affects you and your car and your rap music. I build my life on the rock. Because I have walked through life's dark. I remember at 15 when my mother said, I liked you better when you were on drugs. I remember when my father kicked me out of the house because he didn't want me preaching to him. I remember the moments when all I had to stand on was God's Word and God's family. And you know what it built in my life? Don't feel sorry for me. I wouldn't move it. I wasn't shaken. This book right here was going to guide and direct my entire life and give me way to stand in the storms of life. Why? Because God's counting on me. That beautiful little princess and the one right beside her are counting on me. They're all counting on me. You're counting on me. And so I want to build my life on that which will not move. That which will not move. I wish I could take you one morning with me to my devotion time. I, I walk and pray in the living room. I walk like this. God, I thank you so much. And there are moments where I'll be walking and I feel just a battle in the spirit. Now, stop and go. Devil, you're a liar. All of my children will serve you. For the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. As for me and my household, they shall be saved. I rebuke the power of the enemy. Listen to me. That's your right as a spirit filled, blood washed child of the living God. And if you're going to walk in the Spirit, You're gonna have to say no to this. And say yes to all of this. So what have we learned? We've learned that real peace is a spiritual position regardless of my current conditions. We've learned that being born again and sealed with the Spirit gets me ready for heaven, but being filled with the Spirit gets me ready to face the world. We've learned that walking in the Spirit happens as I die to my flesh daily so that Christ can grow with his fruits of the spirit inside of me you know what I want you to be man look at me I want you to be a man of God I want to be able to stand up at every one of your funerals our pastor do and say you know Joey Thibodeau he was a man of God You know what I want your children to say about you, ladies? My mama, my mama, my aunt, my sister, she's a woman of God. You may have heard of Christians. She's a woman of God. She lives this way. Because then you build on that which will last forever. Father, today we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit that comes to transform us. Jesus, thank you for these precious people. May they receive the engrafted word that is able to transform them and to save their souls and renew their minds. Father, in the name of Jesus. for every family represented here every young person that's here alone without their parents every single mama that's here in the mighty name of Jesus may they receive this engrafted word today to be transformed and to walk in the spirit and now with every head bowed every eye closed I want to ask you the most important question of your life Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he said, don't be surprised that I tell you, you must be born again. Have you been born again? You say, pastor, I've been christened, I've been baptized, I've joined the church. Isn't that good enough? That's a great start, but that's not what Jesus said. He said, you must be born again. My birthday is June the 17th, but my spiritual birthday is the week before Easter, 1971. When I prayed with an African-American counselor in a chemistry lab, that day the old Jacob died, and spiritually, the new one came alive. Some days I've walked in the flesh since then, and a lot of days I've walked in the spirit, but I've never been the same since that day. I was born again. Have you been born again? You say, Pastor, how can I do that? It's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer. And he died for your sin so you wouldn't have to die with your sin. C, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior as you turn away from sin through repentance to be born again. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, the last 30 seconds, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but I've never prayed to be born again. It only happens once, just like the day you were born. Would you pray for me today, Pastor? Today I want to be born again. On the count of three, I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand high and put it back down. I'm the only one that's going to be looking, and I'm just gonna pray for you right at your seat. One, God brought you here. It's not an accident. God has been drawing you to Himself. Today is the time. Two, you've waited long enough, haven't you? You put it off long enough. Today is the day for your salvation, for you to be born again. Three, if that's you, lift it high. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be born again. Raise it high. Yes, one, two. Raise it high. Raise it high. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 anywhere else 12 13 14 Put your hands down last 10 seconds pastor I didn't raise my hand with these 14 people, but I should have my heart's about to beat out of my chest I know this is what I need If you didn't raise your hand, but you should have I want you to raise it and wave it at me right now I'm asking this last time for you join these 14 wave it at me so I can see it 15 Now, church, let's pray out loud with all of those that raise their hand to be born again today. Let's pray out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my guilt, my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, in a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again. Today, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, and I'm born again in Jesus' name, amen.